segment number three for the season five, uh, episode six of uh, the Clackatill Veteran Podcast. This is uh, Value of Women. And this third segment is about, um, uh, this is kind of a tongue twister for me because I, I, you know, I just wrote it down as soon as I thought of it. It's feminine pain tolerance, feminine pain tolerance. There we go. And this segment is about how much uh, domestic violence modern res women have had to put up with over the years and how that affects the direction of the tribe's future. And basically what I mean is, um, uh, or the point of this whole thing is that, you know, Navajo women and mothers and grandmas and all the, the female side, uh, they endure so much misery that when they meet a real man, uh, I guess what you, whatever you can consider a real man, um, he tends to be nothing more than a big giant crybaby. And that's why, you know, with these podcasts, I just try to say, Hey, look, man, this is, um, this is the way I see it. And, um, it's, yeah, it's my point of view as, um, as a podcast guy and a guy who's trying to make a difference, but the, um, the domestic violence that devalues women, it's really interesting to me because, you know, obviously I, you know, past few episodes, I said how much my dad used to really beat up my mom. And then, um, you know, for me, I'm not in that, I try to understand why he did that, you know, and a lot of it, he was just like insecure with himself now that I realize it, you know, and I try really hard not to walk down that same path as him where he started to like, uh, I guess devalue himself, put himself as a low value. But when my daddy got horny, you know, he went after all these, uh, drunken women at the bars and then, then he would come back to my mom and then smack her around saying that she cheated on him. So that type of mentality is, you know, I've, I understand that it came from my dad being an only child and his mom, my Nala, you know, she was also a loose woman. She was out there. Um, I don't know how many men or boyfriends she had, but she was going man to man, I guess. And then so for my dad, as a young boy, seeing all that, you know, he, you know, I guess it really messed with him psychologically and he couldn't like, he couldn't figure out maybe why he didn't have a father figure or why these other men that his mom was with, that they weren't treating him with attention, or maybe he was just jealous, you know, just like all kids, you know, when their parent is a single parent and they hook up with a, another person and the, the child gets all, you know, offended. And even then it still happens as adults, you know, uh, over there in Albuquerque, you know, I knew this, um, family where the, the father left and he, yeah, there were Chicanos and the father left for a white woman and the daughter, she like basically disowned her dad. And even though she was in her twenties and 21s and all that, she was just like, ignoring her. And then when her brother would say, Oh, this is what dad said. This is what dad did. And she's like, who, who, I don't want to, I don't know that guy. She was like, so anyways, um, that's just an example, but, um, so, you know, kind of breaking down why, you know, domestic violence has risen so much is, is a really good, you know, study piece, you know, to, to research because, um, when I hear, 
what's polished and refined on radio commercials because that's what we use a lot out here we don't really have a tv station only what we get from phoenix and albuquerque but um what where the uh where the radio comes in and everything is polished and edited you know they say oh yeah you know women are important you know let's protect our native women let's protect our navajo mothers and all this that that really doesn't translate into much you know i just there's all this woke activism that goes around, you know, uh, not on the reservation, but in mainstream American society, mainstream media and all that, they don't really push for that. You know, there's Black Lives Matter and then there's that whole LGBTQ thing going on, but really nothing for Native mothers and Native women. And, and that's where, you know, I don't really pay attention to all that woke agenda that they got, you know, so, oh, it's all equality. It's like, yeah, for you guys, cause you live in the city out here on the res, it's a whole nother monster because, you know, you're dealing with, um, I guess tribalism You're dealing with, um, people that are struggling. And a lot of that struggle has to deal with, um, not having the finances or the route to get what you want, which, then leaves you into, or leads you into, uh, feeling worthless. And then, you know, obviously lashing out in anger. And then when either that doesn't work or, or if, if it gets worse, it'll lead to, you know, drug abuse, alcoholism, maybe even like death, killing somebody homicide, you know, and all that put together is where, I kind of look at it and I say, okay, well, that's going on. I'm aware of it. Now, what can I do about it? Not much. So all I can do is talk about it on a podcast and just try to get the word out that this nonprofit that I started, it is for veterans, but I want it to also be a way for others to kind of sit back and listen and watch what I'm doing. That's why a lot of it, I, I post on uh, Facebook, you know, cause well, I try Instagram, but man, Instagram sucks because it takes forever to load and I'm always on a time restraint, you know, but anyways, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get the word out like that, where I'm not shoving it in anyone's face, but I'm saying, you know, hopefully it inspires someone to say, oh, you know what? Uh, so-and-so could benefit off of what the native ravager here is talking about. Maybe, um, I'll have them listen to this segment and, oh, here, here, look, there's another one. Oh, this is another one. Oh, this would be pretty good. And then pretty soon, hopefully I get them hooked, you know, to listen to what I'm saying enough to where they want to say either they want to do their own nonprofit or join up with what I'm doing and uh, make it better, you know? So that's all I'm doing is I'm just blazing a trail, you know? It's like, it's, I've never been a part of this whole nonprofit thing before. I don't really know anybody who has and in a way I'm making it up as I'm going along, but I'm actually getting results and stuff like that. And so anyways, uh, that's why this whole thing is, is geared for, you know, that type of situation. And, um, and like I said, you know, with these, um, valuing women, um, originally the Navajo nation or Navajos basically, um, are known this is what my, uh, my white, my white brothers tell me, uh, my Belagana buddies, they were telling me, um, that 
when they first moved out to the Southwest, they heard about the Navajos and they're like, oh, it's a matriarchal society, matriarch, you know, mothers, you know, the mothers are in charge. And, you know, and that gets tricky because when, when it comes down to making decisions in the household, the woman is in charge and the man he's out there, excuse me. And the man is out there. He's supposed to be making a living, bringing home the bacon, you know, bringing home the bread and, uh, bringing the money in to sustain a living. But, um, as time has gone on, you know, Navajo mothers, they've, they've had no choice, but to really get into the workforce, you know, and they also want nice things and they want better things for their children and all that, you know, all that's understandable, but, where they, you know, it kind of runs into, it turns into actually a situation that it's kind of like bald tires going through a mud pit, you know, a muddy road. You get, you don't really have traction, but you know, it, it slides all over the place and you could get to where you want, but then you're going to burn out the engine, you know? So, um, with that being said, you know, these, um, these, um, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> they endure so much misery and through domestic violence. And so, you know, the misery, you know, that I'm talking about, yeah, obviously domestic violence, but kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. This one is, um, you know, uh, the female pain tolerance, you know, uh, and as far as the Navajo women go, you know, so they are, trying to make a difference, but then they get kicked back down again. And, you know, not, not, um, not physically or what I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, metaphorically they get kicked down, you know, and, um, <clears throat> so they try to make a difference and then, you know, intimidates the men and then, you know, then they got a problem and then there goes a lot of name calling and it gets into a really childish realm at that point. But the, the threshold tolerance of a Navajo mother, uh, you know, I know I'm pretty sure it goes for all women, uh, of all races and all that, but I'm just, I'm just basing it here on the res <laughs> since I'm here anyways. So that goes down to that whole childbirth thing, you know, uh, and that's like, um, the most painful excruciating pain that they can be in. And also someone compared that a man getting kicked in his nutsack is worse than a woman giving, uh, birth. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get involved in that one cause that's not what this is about, but, uh, maybe some other time I'll check it out. But, um, anyways, so that pain tolerance, it just, it just doesn't stop, you know, it just keeps going. And, and I'm looking at these women, I'm like, damn, aren't you like burnt out? Aren't you tired? You know, I look at my mom, my sisters, my aunties, my cousins, all the females and they're just like, they keep going, you know, they, they have no choice, but to keep going. And then, um, and then when I look at that, you know, I think of all the stuff my mom endured, you know, and all the physical pain that she went through from my, when my dad used to attack her and throw her around. And, um, she was, she's still here, you know, and obviously my dad's gone, you know, he passed away from living that life where, he just wanted to do the bare minimum, but it caught up to him because, you know, he had a pneumonia and he didn't want to go to a hospital. I guess he knew he was going to die. So he just didn't want to, you know, prolong his suffering. And at that age of, um, 74 was a 75, 
I think he finally realized that, you know, he just might as well hang it up and just kind of, you know, call it quits. You know, he can't do anything else. And he probably regretted a lot of the, the decisions he made, you know, to live his life. And, um, but so all that, you know, he, even though he beat up my mom, you know, he, I think he wouldn't have been able to take a beating himself, you know, and that's why with me, I look at what my mom went through and then I'm looking at my nonprofit, what I'm doing. And I'm like, you know what, this lady, she did not give up. So what's my excuse? You know, oh, it got too hard for me. You know, I was like, that ain't a good excuse, you know, get your ass up and uh, make a difference. You know, that's how I kind of, uh, look at myself these days. And it's like, you know, my mom is old and I'm, I'm, I'm now taking care of her. You know, she used to take care of me when I was a little kid, obviously, you know, but, um, the, where it's gone to now is that, um, you know, she's, she's suffering with a lot of the pain that came from like old injuries and, you know, there's only so much I can do, but at the end of the day, I'm just making sure that she's comfortable and she feels safe and she's warm and she's fed and, you know, all the outside distractions of the world don't stress her out. So I try not to have her watch too much TV as far as CNN goes. She kind of starts freaking out and I'm like, mom, don't listen to these guys, man. They had their chance to prove that they were, you know, valuable. They gave out val valuable information, but during the whole coronavirus pandemic garbage nonsense, they blew it, you know? So that's why I try to make sure that she listens to you know, other things or <clears throat> have her watch other movies and throw good all dry there. I need to drink some water. But anyways, so then that comes into a real man, you know, um, or I guess what these Navajo women consider a real man. And basically he's just as screwed up as she is. But the thing is women have more as Native Americans, Natives have more tolerance for pain. All right, let's just get that out. Everybody knows that now. But I think the Native women have more of a higher threshold of pain. So that's why, you know, when these guys, they beat them up, these women, they hardly make a sound. And the the guy, when he gets his ass kicked, oh, oh let's go get the boys, you know, and then he wants revenge right away. You know, that's obviously the difference between men and women, you know, women will absorb it but the men will want to, you know, seek revenge for it. And that's why all this, uh, woke stuff is, um, you know, trying to make everybody equal. I mean, it's, it's a great notion. It's a great thought, but when it comes down to stuff like that on this reservation, those city folks, you know, they don't really compare to what's going on out here because for them, everything's convenient. You know, they, you know, the, it's all materialism in, in the cities. So when those uh, riots happen and they bust down uh, windows and they go into stores and start looting, whatever is that, whatever store that, or whatever the store is carrying, then that really doesn't compare to out here on the res, you know, what, what windows are we going to smash to steal things? We can only go to our neighbors or, <laughs> or we can go to our relatives, you know, but even then we'll get busted anyways. So it like, it really defeats the purpose of trying to establish, um, something more, more male dominated, uh, as far as, you know, the reservation goes, but anyways, so 
what women have to, what Navajo women have to endure on the res is, you know, just a goddamn miracle, man. And so having that type of knowledge, whenever I find myself in physical pain, I don't, um, I don't really like turn into a little bitch and start crying, you know? Um, I'll go ahead and tell this one story. Cause I did tell this before, but <clears throat> my cousin, she was dating this guy and she had a kid for him, but he was part of a gang and you know, he's trying to be all Mr. Badass. And then later on after they, you know, I don't know how long they were together, 10, 15 years, something like that. There was a, you know, a long, there was a long while they were together, but you know, one day uh, she asked for a ride in the town or something. So I was giving her a ride and then I was asking her, I said, um, you know, your ex-man there, you know, uh, was he, and I know he was like a, like a tough dude. He was part of the gang and a gang leader and all this stuff. I said, but when he got sick, when he caught a flu, when he got like an ammonia or a basic cold, did he turn into a little crying baby? Did he want you to baby him? She goes, yes. <laughs> it's funny the way she said it, but Anyway, she just told me he was, it was embarrassing. I said, yeah, I kind of figured that he was like trying to be too, too macho, too alpha. And for me, when I get sick, you know, I just kind of like now that I'm here with my mom, I, I've really rarely gotten sick, you know, um, <clears throat> only the one time I was outside walking around like a dumbass without my jacket and it was real cold and <laughs> I got sick, but, um, Anyways, uh, so my mom, um, you know, I see that she had that high tolerance for pain. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's a trait I have. So there are times when I'll cut myself or I'll bang my knee into something or I'll stub my toe or smack my head against something and it'll hurt. But, you know, as a man, I have the ability to cuss it out, but, you know, I just try not to do that around my mom. A few times I accidentally did, but anyways, other than that, um, uh, I just try not to really complain and bitch. And then also try not to be too much of an alpha male. You know, I'm just like, well, shit, man, I'm just doing what I got to do to survive the next day and all that. And try to make, <laughs> excuse me, try to make uh, my goals achievable uh, with the nonprofit anyways. So I just wanted to bring that up and just say that, you know, that, that tolerance for pain, you know, that females, you know, they got a high, high tolerance, you know, and, and then on top of that, you know, they put up with a lot of shit from everybody, you know, just basically like, you know, if they have a job, you know, or if they have to go through, uh, you know, government assistance, you know, that shit sucks, you know, food stamps and, uh, the WIC and the, uh, all the welfare checks and all that stuff, you know, you got to prove that you're, shit near death in order to get a lot of those benefits and stuff like that. That's why I really hope that the women that listen to this, they say, you know, <clears throat> let's go support that native ravager guy. Cause you know, he understands where we're coming from. He kind of, he's addressing the issues, but you know, he could probably do more if we go over there and help him. And I'll be like, yeah, man, let's go get some shit done, you know, but I'll go ahead and leave that at that for now. And, um, I'll just go ahead and jump on to the fourth segment of this episode. This one will be political female in pandemic era. So here we go.